0: Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for an episode of the Cape Cod Times lifestyle and talk show, Life with Gwen. For a second there, I thought I'd forgotten my own name. But anyway, this is a chance for you all to sit in and meet some of the people that uh, I get to meet whenever I go out to do stories. It's uh, a way of sharing that we hadn't had before. You can also listen to it as a podcast. In uh, Just sign up. Go to CapeCodTimes.com slash Life with Gwen Podcast, and you can sign up and, and get each episode that way. So, with us today, as promised, is Cindy Cotton. She is the executive director of the Osterville Village Library. And um, you might know it because it's right on the curve there uh, on Wiano Avenue in Osterville. Yes. And, you know, I don't usually start the show this way, Cindy, but, but we are... Happy to have you, and you are one of many. You are representing um, a general goodness, and that we are seeing in our Cape libraries. And we're so pleased to be able to talk about the fact that although there are still, it's still the place to go for the book you want to borrow. There's so much more.
1: That is so true. We're blessed on Cape Cod and the islands to have such a, a great variety of libraries um, from. You know, small rustic libraries to big, beautiful ones like Eastham and Centerville, and the islands have great libraries, and they all offer uh, different uniqueness and specialties, which makes them all unique. And their patrons are very proud and of their ownership of the libraries, and it's it's a nice thing to experience.
0: I've found over the years that I've I've come to associate different things with the library um one of the things with yours is the uh the annual chocolate festival yes. and uh and the fact that uh, you're dog friendly
1: yes we are dog friendly and uh it's it's nice we have a lot of people um that walk their dogs in the village and they want to get their books or come in and read the paper and you know well behaved dogs are allowed in on a leash and we've haven't had a problem yet and uh, <laughs> It goes well, and we also have a few dog parades during the year that we we run on village days and fall festivals. So we we love dogs. I noticed that
0: you were dog-friendly by almost tripping over the water bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lots of grace and style here. <laughs> but uh, I had asked you to come, and this is more than we usually have on our set, but I had asked Cindy to bring some things along so we could talk about some of the things that the library – that you might not even think you could get at the library because uh, there is so much and we're surrounded by some of it, just a little small portion. Tell me, why don't we start with, tell me a little bit about um, something you have that surprises people.
1: I think a lot of our our new unusual checkouts, we have a, um, like you can check out a sewing machine uh, and take it out for two weeks. We have ukuleles. We have keyboards. I brought some, Samples here, you can take out a watt tester to check uh, your energy usage on your appliances. We have a soil tester for the summer. We have um, probably close to 75 to 100 games, puzzles, and unusual checkout items that you can check out. Uh, and, And libraries are evolving that way. I'm sure there's, you know, all the other libraries have puzzles and games and things like that you can check out. We also um, have a 3D printer, which I believe is unusual for some of the libraries. And we offer classes in intro to um, 3D printing and Fusion 360, which allows you to design and then print your 3D object.
0: Wow, that sounds so cool. Are are those like one-on-one sessions, or do you run a class every now and then?
1: We have a class. We have a class this Saturday, um, an intro to uh, Fusion 360, which is the design application for printing. So and then we're going to have other intros. We keep going back and forth between the two.
0: You I think I I had heard that you um, had gotten a a grant that that kind of got some of this started.
1: Yes, we received a generous grant from the Horizon Foundation. And with that, we bought 12 high end gaming laptops, a 3D printer, and we have some Oculus Rift virtual reality headsets. So we have turned into like a training center. So we've actually have um, tomorrow, Council of Churches is coming in and we're gonna be training some of their staff in Excel and um, social media. We're doing the 3D printing. We're doing uh, programs with junior tech on virtual reality, 3D printing and um, building a PC. So part of the grant was to collaborate with others and help and use our equipment to you know, better the community.
0: Oh, that's that's fascinating. You did mention these, although they're not connected. I wanted to show them to everyone, and I know you guys are out there saying, "Oh, is she going to put them on?" No, <laughs> I'm not. Um, but I will come by the library to put them on because uh, let's see if we can show everybody. The lenses are in there. The earpieces for your for yep. your uh, for your sound. Now, what kinds of things do these? Hook up to and what kinds of programs?
1: Well, that's the Oculus Rift, and right now we have a um, a few programs that people can try with that. One of them that is um very interesting is you're on the space shuttle and you have to climb out, and then all of a sudden you're in space, and it's it's really you're really immersed in the whole experience. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch people experiencing it for the first time. And it's really fun to experience it. You must've done this. Oh, And and it's really, it's, it's like one I love where you go in a room and like all these butterflies land on you and you print butterflies. And there's just, it's, there's, um, they can be used for educational purposes such as, um, health and wellness where you can, you know, see the body and the veins and the heart and all that. And then the experimental ones like, um, you know, going into space, and then there's one's for underwater. So we just really basically focus on the educational or fun experience ones right now, or you can go to the all places in the world where all the natural wonders are.
0: I may just have to, you know, leave the paper and <laughs> go back to the library this afternoon. So you guys don't mind if there's no health pages tomorrow, do you? Just kidding. We won't do that, but uh, um, it sounds wonderful. I actually had in real life the experience of uh, up in Ni- Niagara Falls of going to the butterfly conservatory and that happens you know the butterflies land on you to be really careful not to hurt them right. um, so that must be a, a neat feeling very relaxing
1: yeah this is true
0: you do a, a lot of workshops I noticed also on relaxing and wellness
1: yes we um We, as you say, we collaborate with a lot of people, a lot of different groups. We have um, programs on downsizing, on like your five wishes, how to put your estate and your living will and, you know, what your choices are if you do become ill later in life. We have Friday, we have um, Gary from the VNA talking about grief when you've lost a loved one. We um, really try to bring diverse programs in, you know, to meet the needs of our patrons. I'm going to
0: stop us for a moment because uh, Donna Linneos uh, says, I love Osterville Village Library. Is that someone you know? Probably
1: if I saw her. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. but we're happy. We, we have a great group of people that come in the library, and um, it's what's Wonderful. We're very fortunate. It's
0: interesting to me also that uh, you're doing some really high-tech stuff in a building that has a very historical feel to it. You know, the the design of the library um, still says library, says history, that kind of thing. Um, it's neat to see those things together.
1: It's fun to... Um... See how people use the rooms and how they use a library and make spaces evolve and that's kind of what we've done When we've um, we had a small community space and then it was the Ann Williams McGraw We moved that into the atrium and put in six tables and now people are in there doing puzzles. They're tutoring People have meetings people go in there and work and then the smaller room we made into a business center so you can fax copy scan Shred and all the other services. So now we're evolving the library again, um, downstairs in the children's room. We evolved because we found we were just geared towards babies and story hours and toddlers. And we found 12812 12 year olds didn't want to come in because they didn't want to be with the babies. So we made a whole makerspace area where the kids can come in and use um, computers and iPads and coding kits and some of these other kits that we have here um circuits and drafting and all sorts of fun things, so you so, and
0: that's like a little bit separate from where the you still have the story hours and things, oh right, but it's all in
1: the same room, but just we kind of divided the space up a little bit so they have their area that they own and can feel comfortable in and
0: i th- I think that's particularly important in a um a spot like uh a suburban spot like the Cape where there's not always a lot of gathering places for young people.
1: No, that's why we try to um keep up with some of the technology because we want to keep kids engaged. It's you know kids come as children with story hours and things, but then how do you keep them engaged through the years? That's so, so true. So my, a lot my kids of the, yeah. when they were
0: little we went a lot and then they they start to to fall away from that. Um but this was before when my kids were growing up it was before Libraries were offering um, as much as is offered now,
1: right? Well, you have to stay competitive It's you kind of look at it like a business. It's like what are the trends? What are what are people going to? What do people want and you know my job is to give the people what they want as a you know part of a library knowledge center and knowledge comes in different forms these days and people learn in different ways and that's why we have these different experiences and learning modalities for people to try and experience
0: I um I've noticed that uh you also are uh oh okay let's do this one first because there's a question coming in can you check out audiobooks and how does that work um that uh I think that's a really good question because every time I go to the library the the librarian says um uh, you know, uh, you could have done this online. And I said, but I'd like to see you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. Well, there's two ways. Audiobooks traditionally are the packages of the DVDs that you can come in and check out. and We still get those in and people still check those out. They're great for so listening in the car thing. for road yeah. trips or things like that. Mostly that's how people use audiobooks. Ebooks are the books that you download um, from the Clams Network or Overdrive. Um, and you can come in anytime at our library. We're every time we're open, we have tech help. We have somebody there who can show you how to, you know, use any of your devices or how to download books from OverDrive. Okay. In the in the system like that. And you're still borrowing that book, right? Yes. After,
0: after a certain amount of yes, time, it just, it just literally poops, goes disappears. away. Yes, it yeah. does. It's magical. So you want to make sure you finish it within your uh, allotted loan time. Yes. Because they take them back. <laughs> yes, they do. So, it's a. Uh, I I know that that's, I haven't done that yet, but a lot of people uh, tell me they're doing that now um, as uh, either in addition to one of the commercial services like Audible, but it's where you get to keep the book if you want to listen to it several times because you pay for it.
1: Right. So. I'm old fashioned. I still like the book. You know, it's um, just so much easier for me. I just prefer the book. And I know some people really like the eBooks and they're great for traveling Mm -hmm. because you can take a stack of them and just have it on your iPad.
0: I find that uh, I'm a multi-platform person these days. I like to have a print book by the bed
1: and yeah. or in my purse
0: if it's really good so you can read it in the line at the bank, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and also uh, something in the car. And uh, usually just two. I mean, you know, if I'm telling the truth, usually just two. <laughs> because otherwise I get the plots mixed up. And they should be different kinds of books so that you don't like put characters from one detective right. story into another one so you were telling me something too about uh checking out some of these um some of these kits that are for children this is
1: a uh um a building kit yep that's the snap circuit kit okay and that has a lot of different things in it and this is part of our like makerspace area for kids where. You can either use them in the library or check them out for a couple weeks. And it's um, a great learning experience and hands-on creativeness. Now, one of the other kits that we have here is the calligraphy kit because they don't teach cursive handwriting anymore. So if you wanted your children to still be able to learn cursive, this whole kit has everything you need to practice and do cursive writing. We have drafting kits. We have coding kits. We have... um, Building kits. There's all sorts of different things that you can learn or do together in the library with, you know, your children, which is what we try to encourage.
0: Mm-hmm. And and uh, as you were saying when we were chatting before the show, sometimes a kit can be a good way to sort of break the ice, connect. Yeah. Yes, it is. Cause, you tell this story.
1: Well, I, I just even know one time I was there with my great nieces and nephews, and I was like not knowing what to do right away. I grabbed one of the craft kits. Three of us all, you know, from eight on down, we made cards and little crafting. So it was nice that we could talk and make crafts or, or do the kit together. And it's a nice conversational piece. It's nice to do things with your children like that. Sometimes we see a lot of people with the kids that are crawling around on the floor and the parents are on the app. You know, we have a lot of uh, things in there that you can engage with your children, um, which is important. That's an important part of their growing up and
0: and then take it home uh, as yes. well although I would imagine having uh, owned way too many building things and different systems uh, over my children's uh, growing up years that uh, you want to uh, keep this one in one place so the, all the pieces come back
1: <laughs> yep there's a complete checklist on all the all the kits of what's inside and all that to try to make it as easy and a picture of what's inside so we try to make it easy for people to take them out, use them, and bring them back all in one piece. So, mm-hmm.
0: I saw, um, I don't know if you have this one, but I also saw that there are things you can add to your own computer. Uh, I One of the kits I, I happened to see was a um, uh, podcasting studio kit. So you could uh, bring the gear home and basically podcast from your, your own uh, computer. So that was sort of interesting. Yeah. And do you, I was going to ask you, because they seem to be so very, very popular now, how many of you, all right, we can't really do a show of hands because I can't see you, but um, send up a thumb, okay? You know, hit the, the like button or, or whatever on Facebook Live. How many of you are in a book club? Jason, are we getting thumbs? Are people in the book club? I don't think he's listening. <laughs> so <laughs> um anyway, book clubs. I hear are very hot. A lot of my friends are in book clubs and um I've noticed that some of the libraries will uh the book club can like reserve for a couple of weeks, you know, like six copies of the same yep. book. Is that something that uh, you have available Have yep. you've seen that?
1: We have um, about six book clubs that meet a week at the library. Um they're very very popular and it's um It's a nice way for people to read and discuss. And they usually get, you know, very interesting topical books that really, you know, bring on a lot of different views and discussions. And uh, it's just a nice way for people to get together and enjoy a book together.
0: Do you find that those clubs tend to uh, form around uh, particular areas of interest like history or... or, uh... You know contemporary fiction,
1: I think um ours they kind of just mix it up amongst themselves it's like I found like yesterday they were talking about they wanted to read something that was more seasonal but interesting you know or did they you know come up with anything I'm I don't curious. know I did yeah I didn't know what they picked, but you know uh, sometimes you know with fall or Veterans Day coming up or if certain books come out at certain times or we keep a whole recommendation book, too, of things that are um, good for book clubs uh, Mm -hmm. so they can look at or other books that other books clubs read that wrote a review on that might be a suggestion for another book club. So,
0: And I've noticed that some authors are are actually – sort of leaning towards that direction by including uh, a study guide slash book club discussion notes at the back of their books, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Ellen uh, Hildebrand comes to to mind, uh, a popular author. And uh, my mind is going here. I'm thinking Nantucket. Yes, it's Nantucket. So um, oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) This came up in conversation as well.
1: Do people still shh at the library? Yes, I get shh all the time. I have a very big mouth, and uh, yeah, I know. But that was like (laughs) the first day I was there. I was, I was like shh. Um, It's evolving. Our main level is not a quiet area. Um, You know, as I say, our goal is to have children come running in and then cry when they leave because they don't want to go. We know we've done our job. Um, The main level is, you know, voice level. The lower level we've made all quiet. Um, that's the study area. Oh, um, I see. Mm-hmm. Computers are down there. More computers are down there. Um, it, but it's the reference area. It's a quieter section. And then the business center is where people can use their phone and talk and do things like that on their computer. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Cape Cod room, which is kind of like semi quiet. People go in there and work. It's not total quiet, but we have different levels, but you can walk in and, you know, don't, you don't have to like not talk and you can bring your dog and you can bring a drink and it's nice that it's um,
0: it's separated that way though because I you wouldn't want to have the entire library no. open the conversation because no one of the things I enjoy doing at your library and I'm not sure which room this is called but when you come in the front door off to the left, left is is a, a wonderful room it feels like being in a private club yes <laughs> so
1: the Carly- um, roll Rowland Fireside Reading Room is a beautiful, elegant room where all the periodicals and newspapers are. It's, it is. It's as beautiful and elegant as she was. If you have
0: to meet someone in Osterville, that's a great place to wait. Yes, yes, that yeah, is. And um, it, uh, I like the, the fact, and you have a community room upstairs, I believe.
1: Well, we have a main meeting room that holds uh-huh. like 80 people um, with a state-of-the-art AV system. And we have a small boardroom off of that. So we do a lot of our programming. Upstairs, we have a lot like B&I meets up there, um, the Garden Club meets up there, Ketua Center for the Arts holds their board meetings there. I mean, a lot of different groups hold their meetings there and other nonprofits. Um, we have wild care coming in. We have a uh, poetry reading. So we, we use it for all sorts of different types of um, programming. So the, the
0: library is really... Um beyond being a resource for being able to uh borrow things to to experience things uh it it's also become a real community it center
1: definitely is they truly are community centers it's you know people go in to play mahjong they they go in to just talk you know and sometimes we have to realize that you know we're the only people somebody might see during a day or have a conversation with and it's an important to engage the people that come in because you may be the only person and you know if you can see people I Know for all the libraries when I speak that you can see people that may be in trouble or Something might be off or something that you can see what's going on and maybe find some help or something like that so it's, so it's just social
0: yeah. yes, it is. resource as well and and um, There are a couple of things. We have about five minutes left, so if you have any questions, send them in now. Um, But there are a couple of things that we were going to talk about. Um, This, all this, is not at the expense of books. They're keeping up with uh, getting in the latest books, and you can call and request one. Um, And this is we're talking to Osterville, you know. But this could be a library in your village as well. Many of the libraries are moving in this direction. Um, and also moving into community partnerships, where, right. you know, we see Falmouth Reads and uh, Sandwich Reads, and and uh, moving into community partnerships. So now you used to partner sometimes with uh, Books by the Sea, is that right?
1: Yes, we used to do some um, programs with Books by the Sea, but now we're fine. We're um, partnering with more nonprofits, and through that partnership, we found out that we could increase. Our services and our collection of books and we've started a um, collection of books to on fundraising and strategic planning and things like that to help the other people that work in nonprofits they can check out these books that um, there really weren't that many available before so it's um it's a nice asset that we have to offer that's a wonderful
0: thing and and uh, it also uh, you were mentioning um, there's that kind of support you know there's philanthropy day Uh, Coming up from the Cape Cod Foundation is running that on October 30th. Yes. Pre-registration required. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of people who are interested in that, a lot of artists, uh, a lot of creative
1: types um, like yourselves. There's a lot of nonprofits on the Cape and a lot of the libraries are nonprofits and we're constantly trying to raise money. So having these books and, and the resources I think is important to, you know, help us all. Every,
0: uh, that was a wonderful transition. I was trying mm-hmm. to get into that area. I hadn't realized uh, that, and I should have, that uh, some of the libraries are uh, run by the town and others are nonprofit. You get a small portion of money yes. from the town, but you do a lot of your own
1: fundraising. Correct. We have to do, raise about $650,000 each year um, to be open and to operate and to bring all these wonderful programs.
0: Well, you better start charging those doggies (laughs) for for that water dish you keep for them. (laughs) Okay, you know, put in a little coin slot next to the water water dish. So is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to tell people? Um, You know, other than the fact that we understand this is one librarian um, and that we're one library director and that that, uh, we love you all. So uh, and you all could come in here. We could have you know, weeks and weeks of librarians. But for today, we're with Cindy Cottons. Is there anything
1: else you'd like to tell us? Yes, I think everybody should just take the time and just go to the libraries. You could make a great weekend trip or just visiting libraries all over the Cape. Going to Provincetown Libraries is an amazing, beautiful library there. East Him, beautiful new library. Over the islands, at Sturgis Library, they have all the genealogy. Um, Gatuit Libraries, you know, it's beautiful art and a lot of history from there. All the libraries have such uniqueness. Br- Brewster Ladies Library yeah, with I, their history of getting together when the guys were at sea. Right. I mean, there's just so many different things that I think people forget what they are and how they've evolved. And you're really missing a wonderful free opportunity. Where else could you check out a sewing machine, a ukulele? You know, it's it's a, a candy store for knowledge. It's Awesome.
0: And, and libraries, I noticed, have uh, many libraries have extended hours now. Yes. So it's not just for people who are, you know, if you're working during the day, if the kids are in school during the day, there's still times yep. We're go. open
1: seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. no excuses.
0: Well, thank you for bringing all of these examples, but mostly thank you for bringing yourself and speaking to the fact that if you haven't gone to the library lately, you don't know what you're missing. The library is there and, uh, oh, website. Because most libraries have websites. So what is
1: ours? Ours is org, And we have a Facebook page, Instagram. And you can sign up for the
0: email blast. There's, uh, there's always something to do in town, even when we're closed for the winter. We're never closed. Nope. We have a generator. We're open. So thanks for joining us. And come back next week and see who we're talking to on Life with Gwen.